It's the American Pipeline uh, podcast here on the Hockey News Network. This is I am Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from the Rink Live. Sydney, this is it. Like this is this is the show. Yeah, I mean it's kind of weird. It it totally feels like we're at the end of the season now, especially for what we cover on this podcast because the college hockey season, you know, the regular season with the frozen four, that's all over now. It's like warm outside now, which is weird. Like just everything is signifying, like we're getting to the end of the hockey season, even in like the NHL and the other leagues, you know, we're getting towards the end. It's really weird. It's always a weird feeling being like, Oh, there's only a couple of weeks left of, of hockey before we get to summer. But I don't know. It was a it was a very eventful week of hockey last week with the Frozen Four and all that stuff. But yeah, another uh, fun fun week of hockey and a bunch of good stuff to cover. Yeah, it's look crazy stuff. This is this is what we do the show for. You know, the, these oh, these yeah. shows right here. It, it's you know, it's uh we've we've reached we you know we've reached the end basically not the end like we're still gonna have after this but we've like the the hardware is being handed out so why don't we start with the frozen four. Let's build, let's build to um uh let's I guess let's build to the the big championship here. Let's start with the frozen four, Boston University. So BU versus Minnesota. Um, this was, you know, all these games were pretty nuts. This one started it off. Yeah, I mean, I thought these games were really good. As someone who like my main team I was cheering for wasn't in it, I was just hoping for, you know, three good games to watch. And I feel pretty satisfied with how all three of the games went for the Frozen Four. But yeah, I didn't really know what to to think coming into the Frozen Four. I thought all four of the teams were really good. I didn't even make any like predictions, to be honest with you, because my bracket this year was so terrible for college hockey. I got so many wrong that I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to put any official predictions out there because it's probably just going to be wrong. Um, But I thought the BU versus Minnesota game was really interesting. That first period was like, I thought I felt like whiplash momentum back and forth. Like it felt like Minnesota was dominating for a while in that first period. And then all of a sudden BU scored, even though they were getting like kind of dominated in that first period. So then they kind of had some. But then the Gophers finally did score um, on the power play. It was kind of like a, a shot from far out from Mike Kester. He's a draft pick. I believe he's Toronto. So that was kind of interesting. It was like back and forth in that first. Everyone thought Minnesota was dominating and then BU kind of crept in, scored one, and then Minnesota tied it up. Um, so that was interesting. And then Minnesota had just a huge goal after that. It was it was crazy. This was one I saw quite a bit uh, being replayed on Twitter. Uh, Aaron Huglin, who's a Buffalo draft pick, had like a between the legs, no look pass over to Rhett Picklick, who's a Montreal pick, uh, to score, I believe it was on the power play. It was just like a ridiculous play. I mean, that's definitely the highlight real goal you would want uh, in the Frozen Four. I saw everybody like retweeting it. It was it was a great goal. And I feel like when that one was scored, it was like, okay, yeah, Minnesota's definitely, you know, kind of has the edge in this game. They were really dominating that first chunk of the game besides that first goal. And then BU got another one so they were kind of still hanging in there even though it it didn't seem even when you were watching it the score seemed kind of even but then Minnesota kind of just took off later in the game Luke Middlestat who's a a prospect that a lot of people have been talking about this year freshman for the Gophers uh, currently undrafted scored two just beautiful goals in a row Um, so that really gave them even more momentum than they already had. And then Logan Cooley, two empty net goals. So Minnesota really like, it doesn't seem like dominated because it wasn't like it was six to zero or something, but they just seemed really, really 
strong in that game and they definitely uh came out on top there obviously you know BU did all they could but yeah Minnesota the the clear winner in that one yeah absolutely all right moving on now to Michigan versus Quinnipiac you know and and considering that spoiler alert they were the eventual champions they are now forcing the entire hockey world to learn how to pronounce their school name Yeah, I I saw a couple tweets about it even just because everyone's like, you need to know how to say Quinnipiac now because they're the national champions. And also it's kind of funny too. They're kind of like the big 10 killers because they went from beating Ohio State, then they beat Michigan, then they eventually beat Minnesota, which we'll talk about. But it seems like they just had kind of like the perfect formula to take down uh, (laughs) the big 10 teams, I guess. Um, But Quinnipiac, uh, that was a a good game too, Quinnipiac and Michigan. Jacob Quillen, who had a a really great tournament for Quinnipiac, put them on the board pretty early, but then Seamus Casey, who's a devil's prospect, tied things up, so it seemed pretty even from there. Um, But then Quillen scored again, so again, really good tournament from him. Um, He gave them the lead heading into the second, but Obviously, Adam Fantilli had to, you know, take part in the Frozen Four. He scored, tied things up. But then Quinnipiac kind of just turned things up from there in, in the third period. They got goals from Sam Lipkin, who's a Arizona draft pick. Uh, Zach Metza had one, and then Ethan DeYoung had one. So they kind of just turned it up and, and finished up that game. It seemed like they really wanted it. Obviously, it's not easy to beat Michigan with all the talent that they have on their team. Honestly, I thought their goaltender uh, Portillo looked a little shaky at times, mm-hmm. to be honest, or maybe rattled. I don't really know. I haven't been able to watch a ton of Michigan um, this year. I'm not watching them like too much in depth, but Quinnipiac just looked really, really good. But again, I mean, if you're just playing big 10 teams in a row, I think they had that formula down and they just really, really wanted it. So that was a fun game too. Michigan definitely put up a fight, but then we got Michi- or Minnesota and, and Quinnipiac. Yeah. And then, you know, setting the stage for the, for, uh, for the big one, you know, people were thinking, you know, Michigan, uh, like they weren't as stacked as last year, but you know, people like this couldn't be is, is was definitely like, they were a surprise. I, I think it's fair to say to make this, yeah, to make the, make it all the way to the championship here. Yeah. I mean, their record was really, really good, but people are kind of hesitant always about those, ECAC teams just because of their schedule and stuff like that. But Quinnipiac, obviously watching that, uh, the championship game, they ended up being the real deal. You know, they had a a really good tournament into the frozen four and then the frozen four played really good. But honestly, the first few minutes of that game, I did not think it was going to be Quinnipiac coming out on top, watching that game, that first goal scored by the other middle stat, um, I thought that was not a great goal for them to give up. So when that was scored, I was like, oh, okay, I think this might be, you know, Minnesota coming out to a hot start. They're going to do the same thing they did against BU and just kind of like shoot and shoot and shoot and, I don't know, have all the momentum. But, you know, a couple controversial calls here and there. I know everybody on Twitter was saying, this was a bad call. This was a good call. You know, whatever happened, Mm -hmm. it just happened. So (laughs) that's just how it went. Um, but then Minnesota goes up two to zero on a great goal from Jackson Nelson. So again, I think people were like, okay, Minnesota, you're up two to zero. I thought if they would have made it three zero, that probably would have been it. But Quinnipiac again, finding a way to be sneaky, come back in, stay in, staying in the game, being pretty relentless there. Christophe Tellier, you know, making it a game two to one. Uh, and then Rand Pecknold pulls the goalie. And they end up getting one. So that was just insane. When they got that to tie that up to go to overtime, I was like, wow, this is this is insane. I was just hoping for a really good national championship game. And that's definitely what we got. So Colin Graff, 
scores, sends it into overtime. Honestly, Quinnipiac didn't look great the first and second period. Third period, they just dominated. They were winning faceoffs. They mm-hmm. controlled possession the majority of the time. Um, They're spending time in the offen- offensive zone most of the most of the third period. So it kind of looked like the Gophers were just kind of sitting back. Um, I don't know, and hoping they would win, but Quinnipiac. They were turtling. They they really wanted it. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm getting ready for overtime. I'm just sitting there watching. I'm, like, ready to to strap in for an overtime, like, long overtime, because sometimes you get multiple overtimes in these games. Uh, but 10 seconds in, the Gophers lose. It was literally a play off the faceoff that it sounds like is one that they've done in the past, but this one, everything went perfect for Quinnipiac. And if you're Minnesota – it did not go the way anybody on the ice wanted that to go. So an amazing, amazing game-winning goal. Quillen, Lipkin had two assists in that game. Zach Metza had three assists in that game. And it's over 10 seconds into overtime. My mind was blown. It was an awesome play. And Quinnipiac wins their first ever national championship. So huge props to them. That was a, it was a really entertaining game, really fun game. Yeah, it, unbelievable. And you know what? Like, you're right. They, I, they seemed like they were sitting back. They were they were totally reminded me of some good old fashioned um, like Randy Carlisle Leafs hockey from back in the day, which is fitting because, you know, Matthew Nyes is now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs and he was a big uh, player on that Minnesota team. But they really did sort of just pump the brakes and they were like, let's just try. And it was like, you know, they're 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 just trying to hold on to the ship in the middle of the storm, you know, like they're just like, let's just get it through. And then we're going to be and it, it didn't work out. They uh Obviously, like you said, they lost and and couldn't be actually this is a massive moment for them. This is huge. Like this is, you know, they don't have a ton of, I would say, like top line talent. They don't. Have, yeah, like, I think n- they only had two or three draft picks. So yeah, they don't have the Minnesota, names. It, it wasn't like the OK, this line's amazing. This line's amazing. This line's amazing, like of all these drafted players. But they really just worked their butts off. And that third period, they worked so hard to get that that tying goal and they got it. So that was awesome. Absolutely. So that was huge. That was, that was amazing. Huge congratulations to Quinnipiac. Like that, that is, you know, this is what we do the show for, right? Like, uh, Oh yeah. You know, to, uh, to see it, to see a program like this, like this is monumental for the program as well. I think, uh, you know, not that they were in danger of anything, but just, you know, like adding a national championship, beating the teams that they did um, having that, that hardware is, is remarkable. Um, speaking of Quinnipiac, uh, uh, if we, we we're moving over now to some signings, um, yeah. And their goalie, Yanif Peretz, signed with the Carolina Hurricanes uh, and, is, and is heading to uh, Chicago, uh, the AHL. So their their AHL affiliate, which will not be their AHL affiliate next year, actually, which is interesting. But um, that is huge, and that is a that you know, I, I think that that there's a there's a, a far how do I put this? There's a far less likely chance of that happening without the performance that he put on, you know, in, in the Frozen Four here. Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty cool that he was able to sign because I thought he was a really good goalie um, throughout his whole collegiate career. He's six foot one, so he's not like super, super tall, but he's got the height that at least he's over like six foot. You know, a lot of people want that nowadays. Um, and as a junior, you know, crazy 0.931 save percentage. That's really, really good for college hockey. 1.49 goals against average. Again, really, really good. And obviously a national championship, which you couldn't get if you had, you know, bad goaltending. So he was really good. I felt good uh, that he was able to to sign and become a pro because uh, from what I was reading on Twitter, he seems like a really, really nice guy also. Um, so it makes you feel kind of good for him. 
And then we also had, like like we already sort of mentioned, a couple players that have already signed, already made their pro debut. Obviously, Matthew Nice has already, you know, been playing some games already. Brock Faber for Minnesota, Jackson Lacombe for Anaheim, I believe made his debut last night or the night before, and Luke Hughes uh, for the Devils. So a couple of guys already, even though the Frozen Four is just less than a week ago, signed already a pro. Yeah, remarkable, remarkable. All right, let's talk about some players who have already debuted here. Um, we got Matthew Nyes uh, from Minnesota. We got Brock Faber, um, and we got Jackson Lacombe and Luke Hughes. Matthew Nyes going to Toronto, Brock Faber going to the Wild, Jackson Lacombe going to Anaheim, and Luke Hughes going to the Devils to join his brother. These are some pretty high – these are the high-profile sort of additions or signings for these teams that we were waiting for. Yeah, so all of those I feel like were pretty expected. I mm. I wasn't really <laughs> surprised by any of those. I know Matthew Nice has already played uh, a handful of games already. Got his first pro point, whatever night ago that was. I don't even know what what the days are this week, but he did already. Brock Faber played night. in one game. Lacombe I think has just played in one, and I think Luke Hughes also just played in his first one the other night. But I'm sure they're all. Uh, you know, it's going to be fun to watch them over over the next few years because I assume they're all going to be playing here over the next uh next season yeah i mean i can just someone who covers the team like matthew Nyes has looked pretty good the, or no sorry it was tuesday night that he got that first point his first game was a little shaky obviously there was a lot of crazy crazy stuff going on in that game too they the leafs you know were playing like two guys short you know they had an ato uh goalie backing up they, yeah. they had connor timmons playing uh like left wing on the or right wing sorry on the fourth line like it was it was wild, but I'm sure it's hard too. yet, you know, going to the frozen four, you lose the national championship game in heartbreaking fashion, like the biggest moment of your life, making your, making your NHL debut, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It's it like, he, it's not, it's not even just that they, they lost. It's that they lost in the heartbreaking fashion that they did. Um, and then, and then you look at that, like, and then he has to immediately go and be like, all right, here's the next biggest moment of my life, you know, like to step in. It's, it's crazy, but uh, you look pretty good. That's what I can say from my experience, at least. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, PX TJ Friedman uh, signed a PTO with the Utica Comets. He's a bit of an older dude, um, but hey, you know we're we're getting the we're getting the Quinnipiac, uh, you know, all stars coming here. They're getting the bump. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of guys that are going to be on on watch here for the next mm-hmm. week or so if they sign. But yeah, 25 years old, six foot two forward. Uh, from St. Louis, he had 22, 22 points this year, 11 goals and 11 assists uh, as a fifth year. So he would have been out of eligibility anyway. So again, that one, uh, not too surprising there for me. Yep, absolutely. All right. Michigan's Mackie Samoskevich. We've been over this name. We've been over this name before, but I got it. Um, yeah, he signed to try it with the AHL Charlotte Checkers. Um, and he was a first round pick. Yeah, this one also didn't really, you know, surprise me too much. A lot of those Michigan guys, super, super good this year. Uh, he's a 5'11 forward from Connecticut. He was a first-round pick in 2021. Uh, he had 29 points his freshman year, which was already pretty good. And then this year as a sophomore, at 43. So he really just, you know, proved that he was really, really good. He was really good in the USHL before that, played in World Juniors, did well there. So kind of just going off of all of those stats, it seemed like he was probably ready to, to sign his pro deal. So again, not too surprising uh, because he had a really, really good year this year. For sure. All right. Then we got Eric Pertillo, um of Michigan. You know, unfortunately, bowed out in the in the Frozen Four. Uh, but he signed with uh, the AHL's Ontario Reign. They're the the 
um, they're the affiliate of the Los Angeles Kings. He was a third round pick of Buffalo uh, back in 2019. And he's got some size, which people love uh, for goaltenders. So who knows? Yeah, this one, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how Portillo does in the future, just because I've seen games where I thought he looked good and I've seen games where I thought he looked kind of shaky. So I'm kind of, you know, just going to be excited to see how he does at the professional level. He hasn't played any games quite yet, um, but he was a 2019 third round pick of Buffalo originally. Now he's going to LA's AHL uh, for, I assume, the the rest of the season. Uh, six foot six, like you said, so tall guy. His save percentage this year was a 908 with Michigan. So again, you know, that's pretty good when you're playing against good teams in college hockey, but I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to see how he does uh, at that next level. Yeah, it'll be, it, it will be very interesting to see. All right. Then we got Drew Camesso from Boston university. Finally, he signed his three-year ELC uh, with Chicago and you will join, you uh, will join Rockford's so their AHL affiliate for the rest of the year. But you know, this is a second round pay from 2020 he had a good year at BU. Who knows what could happen here? Yeah, I'm always interested to see how goalies end up doing at the pro level because I feel like goalies sometimes are really good in college and then they don't do as good or maybe you didn't think they'd be as good and then they do really good at the next level. So I don't know. I'm interested to see how Portillo does and also Drew Comesso because he had a really good year this year. Uh, he's six foot. So again, he's not like super tall, but he's not really like short either necessarily. Um, but he was a 2020 second round pick this year as a junior. He had a 913 save percentage. Um, has always had pretty consistent numbers, to be honest. So that's that's probably a good thing if he's able to just be con- consistent with those. Um, national team guy, played in the, the Olympics in 2022. So seems like it, it'll be a, a good signing for Chicago. Yeah, who knows? Could be. Um, all right, another one is De- is uh, Denver's Magnus Trona. Um, my Trona, it reminds me of that song. Um, signed a two-year ELC with the San Jose Sharks. He's originally a Tampa Bay draft pick, uh, fifth round pick in 2018. but you know, big dude, another big goalie. Um, he was a senior. Let's see what happens. Yeah, this is kind of like Portillo as well, where I've seen games that Corona has played that have been really good, and I've seen games where he's played where he hasn't been super good. So, again, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, like, the best goalie scout compared to some mm-hmm. of the other positions, but he is really big. Like you said, he's six foot six. He was originally a, a Tampa, Tampa Bay draft pick. 2018 fifth round um he had a 916 save percentage this season so we'll see but he was also a huge part of denver's you know national championship year last year so he has been really good yep all right and then we got another member of the benning family joining the fold here we got denver's mike benning uh signing with florida uh, so this is he's uh he's a shorter guy five nine fourth round pick uh fourth round pick in in uh, 2020 that a good junior season yeah, so he's a little bit on the shorter side at, at five foot nine, but he's a really good two-way defenseman. Um, he's been, you know, a top player in in Denver for points production his entire collegiate career for three seasons. He was a junior this year, and he had 13 goals, 21 assists, so uh, almost a point per game this year. So I wasn't super surprised by that one either, just because he's been consistently really good for Denver. Absolutely. All right, and then uh, we also got Penn State's Tour Linden. Uh, thank you for the little pronunciation there. Uh, it got in our prep, uh, Sydney. That's great. Uh, signs a PTO with uh, you know the Ontario Reign. They're really stocking up here with the Ontario Reign. So LA's uh, AHL affiliate. He's another older guy, 25. Um, you know, one of those guys that it's absolutely insane to think that you know he's two years younger than me, and I believe we're the same age, so two years younger than us, and um, and is still in school and playing hockey. But hey, good good on him. Uh, he signed with the he signed he's he's on a PTO. 
Yeah, so this one I think will be interesting to see how this one plays out too because he is a little bit older at, at 25. He did four years at RPI, then transferred to Penn State. But he is a center, so obviously sometimes, you know, it's hard to find good centers, so you're going to want to see how he does. Um, and he had 29 points in 39 games this year, so not like crazy stats, but still pretty good. So I think it uh, wasn't super surprised to see that he got a, a, a tryout with uh, an AHL team. Very cool. And finally, line, uh, you know, rounding up this list is Ohio State's Jake Wise. He signed a PTO with the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, you know, five under six feet, five ten uh, center, but he's a third round pick of Chicago. Uh, national team development program kind of guy. What do you see from him? Yeah, this is a guy that, you know, like you said, isn't the biggest guy in the world, but he's been really good the past two seasons. So he actually started out at BU, did a couple years there, didn't have super good success, but then he transferred to Ohio State and had two really, really good seasons there. Um, so this year, obviously, he was second on the team in points. He had 39 points in 40 games, almost a point per game pace. Uh, you can't just do that by accident. So I think uh, this could be a, a good signing. I think we'll have to see how he does at the next level. But he had a really, really good year this year. So I was uh, kind of expecting this one. Now, we've talked a lot about players who are leaving school. Here are some players who are staying from school, starting with you know, the, the guy who many people thought should have been, uh, you know, landed, should have landed his way into the Hopi hat trick. It's Boston University's Lane Hudson. But there are a lot of, lot of you know, a lot of interesting names here that are staying. Yeah, I might as well just quickly run through these because I'm not going to spend too much time on, on these today. But I thought these were just notable. So Lane Hudson, obviously, I think it was really smart on his part to decide, like, hey, I'm going to come back for another year. Why not? Because I think he probably could have. Uh, signed this offseason after the crazy season he had. But being a guy who's definitely on the smaller side, I'm sure it's not going to hurt at all to come back and just have another monster of a season, maybe try to get yourself a, a Hobie Baker award. So that uh, could be really fun to watch if you're a BU fan. Minnesota's Jimmy Snuggerud, it sounds like, is going to be coming back. That one I also wasn't super surprised by because he was also really good, but I think it's good that He'll be coming back and, and have an even better sophomore year, hopefully. Uh, Bowling Green's Austin Swankler and Christian Stover, I believe is how you say his name. They, it sounds like they both are returning. Uh, St. Cloud State's Zach Okabe, who I know definitely had pro interest, but he's also one of those guys who's kind of on the smaller side, so wasn't surprised he wanted to come back. Uh, and then I just saw Quinnipiac posted Jaden Lee will also be returning. So a couple of uh, good news pieces there if you're fans of those college hockey teams. Yeah, good news. You're getting some guys back. All right, shifting our focus to the USHL and, and junior hockey because that's still going down. Uh, let's start with Will Felicia of the Madison Capitals, uh, sorry, Madison Capitals, who has become the highest scoring 16-year-old defender in the league's history. Yeah, that's just absolutely crazy. And I know he's one of those players some people might overlook because he's only 5'9", so he doesn't have like that huge size or anything, but he's really good. Uh, he has four goals, 24 assists for 28 points. Uh, as a 16-year-old, it's super hard to be that's really nuts. good in the USHL being that young. So I think that's awesome. Uh, to see that he's done that. Uh, he's currently uncommitted, so we'll see whenever he may announce that. Um, but he's originally from Massachusetts, so I assume he would probably have a preference for those East Coast schools, but I have no idea. So we'll see. We have no clue. Um, all right, Max Burkholder of Dubuque now holds the franchise single season record for points by a defenseman. Yeah, another uh, good sort of 
I guess, award record here. Uh, he's a Colorado College Committee. He's 19. Another kid, too, who's not that tall, but he's tearing it up. He's five foot eight, but a really good right-handed defenseman. He has 47 points this year in 57 games, and 17 of those are goals. So, obviously, uh, his size is not impacting him that much because he's been uh, really, really good. Absolutely remarkable. And then, finally, Ryan St. Louis being on a tear lately. And, yes, this is Martin St. Louis' kid. Um, turns 20 this summer. You know, uh, what what can we expect from him? Yeah, this is kind of a an interesting case of a player because he was one of those guys that went to, to college. He went to Northeastern but didn't really put up any points. He had two points the entire season, so he decided to come back to the USHL. Did really good. He has 69 points in 54 games, and now it sounds like he's going to be going to Brown. Um, and recently he has nine points in the last four games and 13 in the last six. So he's been kind of on a tear recently, uh, and it's just been really, really good. So we'll see how he does uh, if he decides to go back to the NCAA next year. Absolutely. All right, now we're moving on to taking a look through other teams' pipelines and uh, you know what they have in the American pipeline. We are ripping through the Atlantic Division. Um, and we are on to the Ottawa Senators today, who have a decent little lineup here. So let's start with uh, right off the right off the hop, Stephen Halliday uh, from Ohio State, a 2022 fourth round pick. Yeah, I think this might have been one of my players to watch like a really long time ago when we started this podcast. He had an awesome, awesome freshman season, and he's a bigger guy, 6'3", 214 pounds. So you also like to see that if you're if you're a professional team. Um, he's 20 years old, and he's leading the team in points as a freshman with nine goals, 32 assists for 41 points. Uh, and he actually played three full USHL seasons, so maybe that's why he was able to adapt so quickly. He wasn't one of those guys that went into college and, you know, sort of rushed, rushed into it right away. He played a good chunk of USHL. His last season in that league was really, really big. He had huge numbers. He comes in uh, and he had a great year with, with Ohio State. So I assume he'd be coming back for next year. So definitely put him on your watch list of players to watch uh, for next year if he's coming back. For sure. All right. Then we got Johnny Taconic, um, who is a, one of the older guys here. I believe he's 25. Um, and he uh, he went from Nebraska Omaha to being loaned to the ECHL, um, the Leafs ECHL affiliate, uh, the Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, but back in the day, this guy was a 2018 second round pick. Um, what what's uh, what's going on with him? Yeah, sort of a different path. You know, he was a formerly on Team Canada's U18 team, so obviously a really high-level player. He played two years in North Dakota. He decided to transfer to Omaha, so then he played three years there, used up all of his college eligibility, had his best season this year, which was 26 points in 35 games, so nothing like super, super crazy, seeing that he was, you know, like a second-round pick a, a, a couple years ago. But it seems like he's been doing pretty well in the ECHL so far. He has five points in seven games, so obviously he's been doing pretty well. Um, six six left-handed defenseman kind of more of that offensive defenseman so we'll see how he does uh at the next level we absolutely will another guy in a similar situation here is ja is uh yakov novak i'm gonna assume um seventh round pick from 2018 he went from northeastern and is now loaned to the allen americans of the echl he's six foot three uh forward 24 uh you know guy who sort of aged out of college and is now uh being loaned to another team's echl affiliate yeah, I mean, he was a, a seventh round pick a couple of years ago in, in 2018. So wasn't super surprised by this. He's a, he is a big guy, though. So if you're looking for a big forward, this is definitely somebody you'd want to keep your eye on. And kind of like Johnny Tyconic, he's been doing pretty well in the ECHL so far. He has five goals, four assists uh, in 11 games. So he's been doing good at that level. Uh, but this year for Northeastern, he only had like 12 points. So nothing too crazy. 
Uh, he had two years at Northeastern, three at Bentley. So he played at a couple different schools in his best season. He had 30 points in 35 games. So it showed he can, uh, you know, put up some points and, and numbers, but it kind of just depends uh, how he'll do. So uh, yeah, in the ECHL right now. Yeah. And now, you know, another ECHL guy. All right. Now we got Luke low height or low heat, either one. Cool. Uh, returning for a fifth year uh, next year from it to Minnesota Duluth, but you know, he was a, uh, interesting 2018 seventh round pick another one of these guys another guy who is just so old and is still playing collegiate <laughs> hockey yeah I think this came out a, a while back that he would be doing a fifth year which I wasn't super surprised by just because his first three years he did okay he had okay stats he had six points five points six points and then this year he really kind of took took a leap and did was kind of like one of their better guys this year for Duluth who had a sort of an off year this year he had 19 points so he had a way better year this year he'll come back for fifth year see if he can refine his game even more he's 22 six foot was a seventh round pick so again those guys are kind of a gamble um but we'll see how he does in his fifth season again one more year for him to sort of refine his skills before he decides to to make that next step who knows if he will. All right. Then we got Tyler Clevin. He's already playing in the Senators lineup right now. Uh, but big North Dakota dude. Um, and we've talked about him before that he's more of a crash and bang type of guy. Uh, maybe a throwback type of defenseman, everybody. Anyway, he's six foot four, uh, you know, big left-handed shot defenseman. Yeah, he's a he's definitely a big guy and he was physical and in college hockey. I know people got kind of annoyed because he was so physical. He'd be he'd get a lot of penalties and and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm sure if you're an NHL team, there's guys that you want that play like that. You want mm-hmm. kind of those bigger guys that can do that. That's, you know, a role that needs to be filled on some teams. So this year uh, as a junior, he had 18 points. So definitely had some points there was a national team guy, world juniors guy, former second round pick. And so far he's been playing uh, with uh, the Sens and he has two points in seven games so far. So obviously he's adapted and he already has two points to his name. Yeah, look, it, for a guy who you know doesn't put up a ton of numbers, uh, two points in seven games, not bad. Um, all right, then we got Tyson Dyke, Dick, you from UMass. I do not know how to pronounce his last name, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, but you know he's a freshman, went in really young. He's just turned nineteen. He's a seventh round pick from this most recent draft. Yeah, this is a player I think went in really young. You know, he just turned 19, so that means he was 18 when he came into college hockey. And a lot of times I kind of don't – I'm definitely not really an advocate for that unless guys are really, really good and then they're going Mm -hmm. to college hockey right away, Um, like some of those top freshmen we had this year. But otherwise – I don't know. That's kind of risky to me. He was a seventh round pick in 2022. He went in really young and this year had nine points in 28 games. So obviously he had some points, but nothing too crazy. I think he's a guy who's definitely going to, you know, benefit from a couple years of college hockey. Yeah. Who knows? Um, all right. Moving over to, to uh, junior hockey guys here. We got Cameron O'Neill of the tri city uh, Americans, right. Of the USHL. Tri city storm storm. Americans okay. are the, uh, what is it? The other team from the other league. <laughs> the other team from the there's, other There's league. a couple Tri-Cities. The there's tri- a couple Tri-Cities. Yeah, the Tri-City Storm of the USHL. The other, the other Tri-Cities. Fifth yeah. round pick from this most recent draft. Yeah, so uh, Tri-City, uh, USHL. So I'll just I'll specify that. But yeah, six foot uh, forward. He is a fifth round pick in 2022. He was really, really good at, at Mount St. Charles. He's in his first full USHL season. 
27 points in 52 games, so nothing shabby. He's a UMass commit. Uh, it'd be interesting to see him do another year of juniors. Um, he just turned 19 in January, so we'll see what he opts to do for next year if he decides to play another year or go that NCAA route. Yeah, we'll have to see. And then finally rounding out the list, we got Theo Wahlberg of Dubuque, sixth round pick from this most recent draft, but he's a big dude, uh, six foot five left shot defenseman. Yeah, he's a big defenseman. So obviously that's uh, again, another role that some teams need six round pick this past year. He's 19. So again, we'll see if he goes to NCAA in the fall or not. He's committed to Ohio state. He is in his first USHL season, but he's not doing too bad. 21 points in 56 games. Uh, so again, a pretty promising prospect in the USHL, but both him and O'Neill, we'll see if they uh, opt to take another year of junior hockey or if they try to move up and, and join the ranks of college. We shall see, but all right, but we will have to wait until next week to find out because this is the end of the show. So again, congratulations to Quinnipiac national champions. No one saw it coming. Um, I doubt even they saw it coming, but Hey, they made it. They did it. That's the beauty of the sport. We'll be back next week to, to keep going because although the championship is being held out or handed out, sorry, hockey doesn't stop. So we'll be back next week. Uh, Sydney, it's always so much fun doing this with you. And uh, yeah. If you'd like to listen to this ep the episode of this podcast or any of our past podcasts, uh, go to thehockeynews.com slash podcast where all, our, where all our archives are. And, yeah, we'll see you next week.